Excited for a road trip? Start it off right with auto coverage from American Family Insurance. J.D. Power ranked us number one in customer satisfaction with the auto insurance shopping experience among mid-size insurers. Get a quote at AmFam.com. American Family Insurance. For J.D. Power 2021 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All hit radio. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I am your host. I am your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that we call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction, well, nine times out of ten is reality. And we come to you Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. I'm sorry, from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. Right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates right around this great big world of ours. If you'd like to find out more about the Exxon Broadcast Network and the programming we have for you, 724-365, and the great shows we also have to offer you, just visit us online at xzbn.net. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour is John Millar, and he is the author of several books and uh, talk show host, I'm sorry, talk show guest for numerous programs. His interest in paranormal phenomenon began at the age of five after hearing his great-grandmother's testimony to his entire family. When she was a young girl, she and her sister saw a UFO slowly hovering over the Great Plains of Kentucky during a broad daylight sighting. They were close enough to even see its humanoid occupant through the transparent bubble of the top of the aircraft. At that time, neither of them had seen an automobile before, much less a wingless flying machine. What makes her testimony truly unique is that she was a devout Christian, the wife of a minister. John became a born-again Christian at the age of 21, yet he continues to investigate paranormal phenomenon now with a biblical perspective. 
His mission began with reconciling his Christian faith with his belief in extraterrestrial life. He has two associate degrees, a bachelor and a master's, and is currently working on his second master's degree. He serves in the military as a senior master sergeant in charge of cyber operations. All are invited to visit his website to read some of his books, as well as articles for free at www.aliensinthebible.com. Joining me now is John Millar. And John, welcome back to the X-Zone. It's been a long time, and I'm so happy you're able to join us tonight. Hi, thank you for having me back on. Yeah, so, it has been a while. It has been a while, John. And uh, has, you know, for our listeners who haven't had the opportunity of hearing you before, can you ex- expand on your interest in extraterrestrials and the connection they have to the Bible? Yeah. Um, okay, so this this latest book I have, it's, it's actually uh, a next installment uh, of material that I thought I was done writing about. Mm-hmm. Um, it it kind of goes back to when I was a kid, like uh, with my great-grandmother's story there that, that you mentioned uh, coming in there. And uh, then later in life, when I was in the Army, I actually witnessed and uh, communicated with something that uh, is not of this world, whatever that thing was. Uh, I can't think of any biological life form mm-hmm. that is a glowing ball of light that flashes yeah. on and off, uh, hovers silently. Uh, when, it's, when you can't see it, it's like completely invisible, even with night vision goggles. And yet, when I asked it to reveal itself, to, to uh, explain what it was, I felt it actually approach me. I, I felt its presence. It flew right over my head. And uh, there was a person there that was with me witnessing this. And I said, I don't know how I know, but the next time this thing flashes, it's going to flash right there. And I pointed to this place in the, in the jungle right behind me. And it flashed exactly when I said there and exactly where I pointed. And I, to this day, have no idea how it made me feel and know where it was going to flash. So when I say that it communicated to me, it wasn't in a language or anything. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it, that's the communication that it, it revealed to me that it was sentient. It let me know uh, that it was observing me and that it wanted me to know where it was at and exactly when it would flash and to let me know also that, you know, it was alive. It was a sentient thing because my whole point was I was out there on the, the middle of this road in Panama in the jungle mm-hmm. playing James T. Kirk, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> and, and uh, you know, I gave it the, the spiel of, hey, you know, uh, yeah. we mean you no harm. We're, we're, you know, here we're in peace and. I just want to know what you're all about, and, you know, I was introducing myself, and sure. that's what this thing did. John, stand by. You, we've got to take our first break. Exo Nation, John Millar is our special guest. And to find out more about John, read p- part of his books, many articles, visit his website at aliensinthebible.com. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We'll be back. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, 
Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. President of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Is it science or is it magic? Once a magical thing has been scientifically proven, is it no longer magic? Or is magic simply the science of tomorrow? Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, on The Science of Magic, a syndicated radio program dedicated to combining the science and magic of today's dynamic and controversial topics to co-create new solutions. By triangulating information from today's leading experts from the scientific and magical fields, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truths you won't find anywhere else. Join us daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, as I interview the share the thoughts with the amazing guests from both science and magic. The resulting knowledge is unprecedented. As a gift to you, the listener, past episodes can be accessed on our website free of charge at thescienceofmagic.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, 
and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an eight-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. www.aliensinthebible.com is the website of my guest of this hour, John Miller. And uh, John, before we went to the commercial break, you were telling us about this very strange encounter that you had in Panama. Yeah, uh, that was in Panama that, that this happened. It was actually during the Panamanian conflict in uh, 1990. Uh, and and uh, <clears throat> I was at a guard post when this happened. And uh, my uh, platoon or my squad leader was there with me uh, or team leader. Um, so he witnessed this whole thing, too. And uh, after this thing did uh, its uh, round of communication with me, uh, it then uh, did a circle around our perimeter, flashing as it was going, almost like it was taking pictures or something. Hmm. Uh, but it did seem to be observing us. It did act like it was curious because it just came out of the jungle on our position, made a, a beeline for our position, and then stopped. And I had this communication experience with it. Then it did a circle around our position and then went down. And it performed the same function around the other two military positions further down this path that led deeper into the jungle. And after the last position, it just went back off into the jungle. Like, it just went there specifically to investigate us, collect information, and then leave. You know, and just listening to the story, it, it, a bit, it reminds me of the, um, the Randallsham Forest event. Uh, was that the one in... Uh, in, in the United Maelstrom. Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. You know, Maelstrom, right? Maelstrom Air uh, Force Base, yeah. Yeah, I read about that. Fascinating. Uh, this this was not, uh, what, that was a triangular uh, craft, and he actually walked up and touched it and downloaded all this information. Uh, for me, I don't know. Maybe I did receive a download, and I don't know, but I don't have any, you know, ones and zeros in my head. Right. Uh, I did get into computers after that. I am a a cybersecurity person right. for the past 18 years. Uh, but I haven't had any programs or mathematical algorithms, you know, pop into my head. Uh, what I did have was a uh, unquenchable desire to reconcile my, my Christian beliefs mm -hmm. with what I believed was extraterrestrial life. Uh, my great-grandmother, she was a firm, firm believer in, in uh, the Bible. She had read it 27 times. Uh, godly woman, very uh, peace-loving and uh, uh, involved in ministry her entire life, and yet she had this testimony to the family uh, that when she was a kid, she saw this UFO, and she said those things were real, and she didn't care what people thought. So I uh, was left with—she never felt the need to reconcile this. Like, she didn't even see that there was anything that needed reconciling. I, however, um, look deeper into it, and the first thing I come to is evolution, because usually when people talk about extraterrestrial life, they think of them in terms of scientists, uh, that we are maybe seated here, 
by some sort of master race and whatnot. And uh, there's just a lot of conflicts there. So uh, I, I just set out to research this with an open mind, believing that there's probably a middle ground. There's probably truth to both points of view. And uh, I wrote Aliens in the Bible was my first book. And then uh, I got a lot of feedback on that over the years. And then I came out with a second book, and I thought I was done. Uh, the second book is Aliens and the Antichrist. And I put both Aliens in the Bible and Aliens and the Antichrist on my website as free downloads. So anybody that wants to take those and take a look at those, uh, they can be, you know, they're free to do it. Um, and they've been out there for, I believe, over 10 years now. And uh, then uh, I recently read this book by um, author Joel Richardson titled The Islamic Antichrist. And that opened this whole new uh, paradigm or a whole new section of way of thinking about end times prophecy that I'd never been exposed to before. And um, I started digging through his books and researching Islamic texts. Mm -hmm. And I, I started finding uh, an extraterrestrial presence there as well. And uh, then I saw that, the, you know, as he outlines, the, the uh, Islamic literature has, supports a mirror image version of prophecy that the Bible has. A lot of the same events about the Mahdi, uh, the, the different things that he will do, actually line up with who the Bible identifies as the Antichrist. And uh, he identified 12 similarities that these characters have, and it's, it's a perfect mirror image match. Uh, so he goes through the Bible, comparing it to the Quran and the Hadiths, and uh, did this vast study. And I saw all of that validity to much of what he said there, uh, but I also went further than that and also looked for the extraterrestrial presence there, and I found that as well. So without really thinking about it, I started writing these notes, and I had a book's worth of notes done. Uh, actually, I had far more than what I published uh, in, as far as research notes. But uh, And maybe I bit off more than I can chew, because I crammed a lot into this latest book. It's titled The Strong Delusion, invasion of another worldly Islam. And in this book, I tackle both of these end times paradigms, both the, the coming of Islam, uh, rising to a global power, and pretty much overtaking the world. And uh, the, that conflict between Islam and Christianity is what we're going to see in the future. That's but, but that what con I see. that conflict has been going on for 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 thousands of years like the conflict between Christianity and, and, and Islam is nothing new. It's nothing new. No, you're exactly yeah. right. And uh the only difference is it's becoming more and more lethal. Isn't that true? Yeah, and According to the Bible, mm -hmm. we're going to see continued conflict, and it's going to escalate to such an extent that we're going to see even otherworldly powers involved in it. Uh, I do believe it's going to end up getting nuclear before it's over with, and uh, uh, it's just a whole lot of ground that I cover in the book. So, um, Well, let me ask you, John, do you, th do you believe, based on your 
Christian upbringing and the research you've done into the end times and biblical connections with extraterrestrials and now with Islam, that we are in fact, indeed, in the end times as talked about in the book of Revelation. I'm not going to set a date. Mm-hmm. On, no, uh, no, I understand uh, that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I do believe that we're certainly in the times that a lot of these prophecies, a lot of them have straight up happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are still some that have not happened yet, but we're close enough that I can easily see all of these prophecies happening in my lifetime. Uh, an example might be um, uh, every prophecy in the Bible that said that has to happen before Jesus returns, Yes, that's already happened. We've passed that. Every prophecy that he spoke of uh, as needing to be fulfilled prior to his return has already happened. So that clock, you know, that benchmark has passed, and now we're in this this gray area where how much more needs to happen right. <laughs> before before we actually see the return. But I was uh, just going to ask you, John, in, in your opinion, has he returned yet? Oh, Jesus hasn't returned yet. No, of course not. Uh, all right. So let me uh, let me ask you this. Based on based on the fact that, you know, the end time prophecy as talked about in the book of Revelation says that, you know, Jesus will return. What does the mirrored event in the book of Islam and the book of uh, uh, the... Um, Quran and the, the Quran say about the end time. Will uh, Muhammad return? No, Muhammad will not return. Uh, the Quran actually says or indicates that Jesus will return. Hmm. Uh, and the Hadiths expound upon that, and they indicate that Jesus will return and say that he's not, in fact, the Son of God, but rather uh, just like us with the exception of something that they haven't bothered to explain, but I point out in this book, uh, how do you explain that he's been around for 2,000 years? He's obviously not just any old body. That's right. Uh, And I believe that the explanation to that will be that this will not be just your typical version of Islam that we see coming. This is going to be more like a New Agey... updated version of Islam that's going to include characters from other worlds. And we already see people like Louis Farrakhan talking about this kind of stuff. And I could see it happening already. Um, They're going to say that Jesus is humanoid, but not from this world. He's from some other world. And so many people are going to eat that up. Uh, It's going to buy into New Age type religion. It will unite both factions of Islam, the Sunni and the Shiite, it will unite the Jews with the Muslims because Jesus was a Jew, and it will unite a lot of Christians with that too. He will be the ultimate guru. And while the Hadiths say that Jesus will return and that he will say he's not the Son of God and he will give his authority and he will want people to give their allegiance to this person that they will call the Mahdi, or the Twelfth Imam. And the Bible, according to the Bible and according to the Hadiths, there's six similarities between what the Bible calls the false prophet mm-hmm. and what the Hadiths refer to as Jesus. So 
as the Bible says, in the end times, there's going to be a lot of false prophets. Is the person who comes back representing himself to be Jesus going to be a false prophet, or is he going to be, in fact, the Jesus Christ? I believe he will be the one and only ultimate false prophet. He will be the one that that is spoken of in Revelation chapter 13, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 11, and he will be the one in a supporting role of the Mahdi, who basically is the Antichrist. He will be one who will have signs and wonders following with everything that he does. Uh, and he will also be able to have control over a very large segment of the global economy. Uh, and this is all behind this one person who's going to consolidate all of this power. And we're starting to see some of this in the world today. Uh, I believe the rise of ISIS is a precursor. Uh, I don't think that ISIS necessarily is directly related, but I think that they might be tied into some kind of a false flag scenario. There's a lot of violence affiliated with the, um, you know, ISIS uh, and, and other offshoot sects of Islam. How can we look at this as anything else but a threat to the rest of the world? You you really can't um, with a logical mind. Right. Uh, however, if you look at the theology that's that's outlined in the Quran, mm -hmm. it's it's very clear. Um, when Muhammad started out his ministry, he started in Mecca and he wrote many peaceful portions of the Quran. All right, why don't we do this? I've got to take my news break. Most Muslims. All right, I've got to take my news break, and I and I don't want to. Mecca portions of the Quran. All right, John, stand. John, stand by. I've got to take my. Oh. Seems that we lost uh, John Miller, Exxon Nation. We're going to try and get him back uh, before we come back to this uh, third segment of this hour on the other side of the news. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Buck away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. 
Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Ancient prophecies, legends, and current events indicate we're entering a high-frequency era supporting enlightenment. During expansive times, old rules fail, necessitating access to the ever-shifting currents of life for guidance. There's an ancient form of shamanism through which we can obtain the information we need. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Art School, with a great new provision for those interested in spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow is an upcoming series of leading-edge online affordable classes designed to guide and support you and your family during these times of transition. Embrace the magic. Empower your life. Study Galactic Shamanism at findyourpathhome.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back, everyone. We do have John Miller back. His website is www.aliensinthebible.com. And uh, just before we went to the news break, John, we actually lost you, and we were so happy we were able to reconnect with you. So would you mind continuing 
Uh, let me see. Uh, we were talking. I you were telling me about um, the false prophets. Then we talked about um, the violence of ISIS. Yeah, the violence of ISIS. Right. Yeah. And, and basically what I was mentioning was that uh, they draw their inspiration directly from the Quran, from the portions of the Quran that were written while Muhammad was in Medina. Uh, Quran 3, 157, Quran 474, uh, Quran 839, which is an ongoing imperative of violence until the entire world is under the subjugation of Islam. And... You will not find anything like that in any other religion, uh, nothing to that extent, uh, that that it's, it's a mandate for death and destruction at any cost until this religion is dominating the entire world. And that is the inspiration of Islamic terrorism. Uh, and clearly, uh, most Muslims do not believe in that. Uh, most Muslims... They consider jihad to be a kind of personal struggle. Yes. But if you actually read the Quran, it is not anything personal about it. It is it is global, and the scope is very detailed. Uh, it talks about beheadings. It talks about doing whatever is necessary in order to maintain control and domination. And when you simply look at the track record of these human rights violating countries all around the world, uh, this is their inspiration right here. Is there anything that can be done to eradicate the aggressors? Uh, I, without, you know, going into crazy politic mode or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, basically what we do right now to try to, you know, keep them from becoming uh, nuclear-developed uh, I would certainly support that. I don't think it's a good idea, really, for Iran to have nuclear weapons. True. Uh, but on the smaller scale, sending in troops and maintaining a presence and all of these things, a lot of that is very, very difficult. Uh, they, I'll tell you, national security has their work cut out for them because uh, even our allies in many cases are people that you just don't want to do business with. Uh there's there's just some really wretched things going on. Uh, I, 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 I was shocked to find out about uh, all of the child molestation that was going on with the people that we were working with in Afghanistan and Iraq. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, when, when the people mm -hmm. that you're trying to help are human right, rights violators of the worst order... Uh, it really makes you just want to back up and say, you know what? I, I don't think I want to have anything to do with this. I mean, so why do we? So why do we team up with these people? Why do we have them on our side if they go against everything that we stand for? A lot of it is political correctness. Uh, people saying, you know what? We can't judge their culture by the standards of our culture. Uh, multiculturalism feeds into a lot of this to a, a, an extreme, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm talking about. Uh, you know that they they had an entire police department that was abducting kids from a village and raping them in the police department by the chief of police and all of his compadres there and the people in the village were going to the military the US military begging for help but these were the people that we were training 
And we were pretty much told we couldn't do anything about it, that this was a local law enforcement matter. That's what the official word was from the White House back then. And yet a local law enforcement is the problem. There were the local law enforcement that were doing this. So nothing was really being done about it. It was very, very heart-wrenching. Is there a connection with the Quran and extraterrestrials as there is in, in the Bible? Yes. You know what? I, I was very surprised uh, when I really started digging into the Quran and the Hadith that I had not heard about any of these things before. Uh, and so anyone who gets my book and reads about this, this may very well be the first time that, that this has been put out there. Uh, I did not know that, according to the Hadith, uh, Muslim 1311, Muhammad was apparently abducted as a boy, and heart surgery was performed on him. That's hmm. pretty out there. I never heard of that before, but I actually have that passage here, and I can read it. Please. Be interesting. Yes, please. Okay, Malik reported that Gabriel came to the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, when he was playing with his playmates. He took a hold of them. Uh, he took a hold of him, and he lay him prostrate on the ground, and he tore open his breast and took out the heart from it and extracted a blood clot out of it. And he said, that was the part of Satan in thee. And then he washed it with water of Zamzam in a golden basin, and then it was joined together and restored to its place. The boys came running to his mother, i.e. his nurse, and they said, verily, Muhammad has been murdered. They all rushed toward him, and they found him all right. His color was changed, an ass said. I myself saw the marks of needle on his breast. Now, mind you, this was written in around 600 A.D. We're talking about what very clearly looks like a heart surgery. But how do we know, John, that this is actually a, a true translation of what was written and not something that was... Um, edited in order to make the event look that much grander and applicable in today's uh, in today's way of thinking. Well, that you know, I I don't speak uh, Aramaic, mm -hmm. so I don't have the actual original translation. But there there are websites out there. Uh, I use the Quran Explorer. Okay. Uh, and this is what they have translated and put out there for the world to see. So, is you know, they have no problem translating this book. There's actually a number of translations along with this one. Um, I just read one of them. There's, there's about a dozen different translations, and they, they show them all translated side by side so you can compare them with each other. Uh, I don't think the Koran is a lost book, and that's one of the... Uh, one of the selling points of Islam is that they, they make a big deal about how their book has not been mistranslated because uh, Mohammed was the one who wrote it, and uh, apparently they still have original texts and whatnot, and they can always go back to the original. So I think as far as being an accurate translation, uh, it probably is. And that's there. And in multiple translations the basic account of what I just read uh, about the angel Gabriel ripping open Muhammad's chest, pulling out his heart, removing a, 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 a blood clot 
putting it back in and stitching him back up in such a way that they could actually see the stitches on his chest. I mean, if, if this were like some sort of all symbolic story uh, where you could say the angel cleansed his heart, well, okay, right. you know, but that is not the language. The, the wording here is very specific and very detailed about his chest being ripped open uh, and about the stitch work in particular where they could see that he was literally cut open. So, you know, that is there, and that's a very old text. Are there other examples that you can share with us tonight of, of where you believe that an example like you just gave us with... Uh, with Gabriel opening up the heart of of Muhammad, okay. showing some sort of highly continuity. advanced, right, as well as giving giving a continuity. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, there's there's a couple of topics, but um, apparently Muhammad was abducted later on in life too, and that's something that we see uh, as sort of a a standard thing with abductees. Uh, they are usually not just abducted as a one-time event. It's mm-hmm. quite frequently they come back and they do follow-ups. Uh, Muhammad's famous night journey, where he was, where he claimed to be taken to the seven heavens and witnessed these different things and talked to different people and such and so forth. That actual night journey was initiated by this same event happening of this angel showing up cutting open his chest, doing something to his heart, and putting it back into him and suturing him back up. And that's documented in Bukhari 454, 429. It's in the Quran, 17.1. It's in Muslim, 1301. And Malik, 51, 51, 410. So it's written by a number of different authors in addition to Muhammad himself. And that's pretty much his, his biggest claim that Muhammad ever made. Uh, where he talked about how the angel took him on this this thing called a uh, a barak. Um, this is a flying creature. He called it. I kind of contest the possibility. Maybe it might have been a contraption. Right. But he considered it maybe a living thing. Uh, it flew. Uh, I calculated it out. It flew. At least had to be 750 miles an hour. Uh, because of the duration of time that he was gone and the distance he traveled. And that's not counting any of the time that he apparently left this dimension. So it may have flown a lot faster than that. Um, So, you know, being flown around on this otherworldly creature, Mm -hmm. taken to Jerusalem. So they even have, you know, arguments about where he tethered this creature up to the actual Dome of the Rock temple there. So... This is like something that's, that all Muslims know about Muhammad's night journey, and they'll be able to tell you about it. With all these, with these two examples you've given us, it certainly opens up a, um, a, a door to a room filled with questions. For example, if this happened way back when, how come it's not happening today to people who believe in the Quran, who follow the words of the Quran, and it's not being reported to the general public. Why would it stop in the ancient days? It is happening. Uh, Louis Farrakhan, 
Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him or not. Yes, I have. Uh, but he's one of the most famous, uh, currently outspoken Islamic uh, apologists in the world today. Mm-hmm. And he has a whole lot to say about an abduction that he had. Uh, his videos are on YouTube mm-hmm. where he talks about it. He's talked about it publicly to to probably to millions of Muslims. But, but talking America. talking about it and having the proof to go along with the talk, to validate, authenticate, to show the evidence, there's a big difference in there, John, and you know that as well as I do. Yes, yes. The, the evidence is probably not forthcoming for Louis Farrakhan. It is basically a testimony, a very detailed testimony, and he makes it sound a lot like uh, the visions of Ezekiel, with the wheels, within the wheels, right. he calls it the mother plane, the mother ship. He was apparently taken aboard. He saw all kinds of weapons. And John, you and I have got to take our, our final break. Please stand by. Explanation, John Millar's our guest. And if you'd like to find out more about John, visit his website. Interesting website, interesting gentleman, www.aliensinthebible.com. I'll be back as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Earth is under ever-increasing pressure from untenable lifestyles and growing populations. Yet, viable answers seem in short supply. What if I told you there's an ancient form that can empower you to take charge of your life? What if your entire family could be enfolded and supported by life itself, finding safe passage through challenging times? I'm Gwilda Wiecka, founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Art School with Great News, an upcoming series of leading-edge online affordable classes based in an ancient form of shamanism easily learned and used by your entire family. Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow are a series of online adult and children's lessons instructing your entire family on natural law, how to cooperate with and be supported by the powers of the universe. Visit findyourpathhome.com to find these unique and powerful classes. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365.
Are you curious? Do you want to learn more about how the world works and have fun at the same time? Study coincidences with me, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on my Connecting with Coincidence radio show here on the XZBN network. Listen to Jungians theorize, statisticians randomize, true believers evangelize while I categorize. I dance to the rhythm of coincidences. People who experience me see more of them. Maybe something on the show matches a thought in your mind. Let us know. Expand your mind to the weirdness happening around you. Synchronicity spoken here, there, and everywhere. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence in your search engine and find my website, my social media sites, and my blog. What is truth? Historically, we viewed things as either being true or false. Now, as we enter a more expansive era, we find the question is not, is it true? but rather, how true is it? I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of the Science of Magic Radio, a syndicated, internationally broadcast radio program dedicated to uncovering this ever-expanding truth. Join me daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, as I interview today's leading experts from the fields of science and magic to uncover the hidden truth between the lines drawn in the sand. What we unearth in our discussions is not only amazing, but totally unprecedented. You won't want to miss a single episode. In service to our listeners, past episodes can always be found on our website with our compliments at thescienceofmagic.net. Exonation John Millar is our guest to this hour, www.aliensinthebible.com. First of all, John, I want to thank you for your service to the, our country and uh, for doing your part to keep us safe and sound and out of harm's way. Yeah, so thank you, my friend. And uh, tell us more about uh, Louis Farrakhan and, and his adventures. Is it possible that he is just repeating the story that Mohammed had? in order to give himself more credibility with his brethren? Well, actually, uh, uh, Farrakhan's story is a lot more closer to Ezekiel in in the Bible, Ezekiel chapters 1 and 10, than it is uh, anything that Muhammad ever said. Um, He talked, uh, Farrakhan talked about being taken up to uh, a mother ship, where Mm -hmm. he was shown all kinds of advanced weaponry and plans for an invasion uh, and all kind of crazy stuff that uh, you don't see any of that in any other Islamic writing that I know of. Um, but uh, in response to your question about you know uh, things that we don't see and why, uh, I will say this: uh, I do believe that that we are seeing things. Uh, the troops I know, in particular, that have spent time in uh, Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran. Uh, over there in the Middle East have seen things that they cannot explain. Uh, And one of those uh, people I actually encountered as a call-in on uh, one of the radio interviews I did, Uh, he said that he was on a a mission Mm -hmm. in uh, Afghanistan, uh, that they were uh, uh, about to uh, do some sniper-type operation. I say that because of the kind of rifle that he had. 
And he saw this, uh, these two people walking across the desert. One looked like a tiny little boy next to this really big guy that was carrying something under his arm. And when he looked through his scope, he saw that the little tiny boy was actually a full-grown man. And the person carrying something under his arm was this huge human being. Uh, he said at least 13 to 15 feet tall. And that he had actually a cow, a full-grown cow, under his right arm. And he was carrying it like a person might carry a, a small dog. And he was just shocked. And, and the person that was with him also saw it. And he said he fired a round at it. And uh, a 50 cal round uh, is an extremely hefty rifle. That will drop anything. But this round he said he saw when it hit it he hit him center mass right in the back and he saw like blood and flesh fly but all the thing did was drop the cow and run and uh, i'll give you an idea how powerful a 50 cal is my brother uh my bro stepbrother was in the iraq war and a 50 cal round hit his engine block while they were driving a Humvee, and it took that engine block and shoved it through the entire vehicle and out the back side, splitting the entire vehicle in half. And that was one bullet. And that's what this guy shot at this thing, and it didn't kill it. It just injured it, but not even enough to stop him from running. He just dropped the cow and ran. Unbelievable. So... I've heard and read about these incidents. They're encountering these this other race of human beings that are ridiculously large. And every time the military encounters these, these giants, uh, they bag them up and they fly them away in black helicopters and nobody ever sees or hears anything about it again. And they're reminded about their non-disclosure agreement, the SF-112. I've had to sign one of those myself. But since I've never seen a giant, <laughs> I'm free to talk about what somebody else said and saw. Right. Uh, but this guy was very, very convincing. There were many things that he mentioned during that interview that uh, said to me that he knew what he was talking about. Uh, uh, I say that based on my own military experience. He, he wasn't just making the story up. Uh, so I do believe that we have a presence over there sufficient to be able to suppress a lot of things that are actually going on. So... It could be that there are some other worldly things going on, but our influence there has managed to suppress a great deal of it. Is it possible, John, in, in your opinion, that we are actually fighting a different type of war than the public knows, and the wars that we believe we are fighting are nothing else but a smokescreen to hide the real intent? I see that as a very strong possibility uh, that that there are uh, warring factions, mm -hmm. uh, that they pick their sides, and there could be, like, species deep down in the earth. I've read about that stuff. Uh, there could be transdimensional species that are, like, right here in our midst, but we're not perceiving them because maybe we're at the wrong frequency or whatever. But uh, I, I would not doubt at all that there's all kind of things going on uh, with our government trying to keep everything under control and keep the public from going into complete panic mode, uh, which they might do if they knew just exactly how precarious our situation is. With all the technology at everyone's disposal these days, 
And with the the whistleblowers who scour the internet and scour government files for anything that they could release, how come none of this has surfaced? Well, the thing is, a lot of it is surfacing, but it's just not blasted out on mainstream media. Uh, when you have people like the Minister of Defense from Canada coming forward and saying he knows that he oh, wait knows a sec, wait that a sec, he knows. Wait a sec, no, wait a sec here. No, I've interviewed Paul Hellier one-on-one. I've had, the, I've had the opportunity of sitting down and meeting with him one-on-one. I'm talking about the retired Minister right. of Defense. Right, that's Paul Hellier. Okay. He has and never seen a UFO report. As Minister of Defense for Canada, he went on the record, and I have the tape, where he says, during my tenure as Minister of Defense, a UFO report never crossed my desk. And then once he gets out of the mainstream, all of a sudden he starts this UFO stuff based on a book that he was given. He's never had an experience himself. So when it comes to Paul Hellier and credibility, he doesn't have any. He's a wannabe. Okay. He is a so washed. He doesn't have any credibility. Right. He's a washed-up politician who's too old to do anything else but hang on to the coattails of what he perceives as a way of using his past political influence into giving him undue credibility. Talk about stolen valor. Yeah. Well, he isn't the only one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, an official I read uh, that I'd seen about. Actually, I saw this. Um, and you can also question the validity of him, too. Uh, I believe his name is Stephen Greer. has a uh, documentary out there on uh, Netflix. Yeah. And, uh, of course, Kellier was on there. But uh, these other officials were on there as well. Uh, uh, some bigwig from France. Uh, they did have, uh, I believe it was a MUFON symposium where they had some people gathered for that. Uh, a lot of uh, military officials. Um, there's just been a, an enormous amount of people that have come forward, astronauts. I agree there's been a lot of people have come forward, John. But n- these people never bring with them any proof. Yeah, the smoking gun. It's it, that makes no deep. sense to me. That really makes no sense. If you are so uh, credible, where's your proof? Exactly. I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I totally understand it. However, as far as the thesis of my books are concerned, mm-hmm. uh, I am, I'm so far beyond even needing proof anymore yeah. after what I saw in the jungle myself. Yeah, but you, you had, that is your proof, John. I, I had that, so I'm not even focused on proof. I mean, there's cattle mutilations, there's, there's people with bio implants that they've had taken out of their body. There's just so many different, a wide array of different things that all add up together uh, to accumulate to a lot of substantial proof. And testimony after testimony, uh, they're endless. And even the Pope is talking about stuff, just making it sound like they're about ready to just say, yeah, it's real. Well, you you know, know, once again, Pope needs marketing. Any religion needs marketing. In yes. order to keep their flock. And in today's society, most of the people who have followed any religious philosophy do not want to be sheep anymore. Because we're not. And I think yes. that this is one of the reasons why Christianity 
and Catholicism are looking at a vast decrease in membership is because they haven't kept up with the times. And I think there are other religions out there, like Islam, who know how to keep up with the times, whether it is with a jihad, whether it is with ISIS, whether it is with recruitment, uh, whether it is with um, crimes against humanity. They keep up with the times, and they keep their membership strong, and they keep more and more people wanting to join. It's mm-hmm. all marketing. Well, the fact that this is not actually common knowledge, mm-hmm. it's still debated whether or not extraterrestrials are even real. That actually is what gives this strong delusion its weight. Because if it ever does happen, mm-hmm. if there ever is a public disclosure or an Independence Day type scenario where people walk outside, they look up and they see the guy, skies flooded with sure. this otherworldly crap. If that day ever comes, people are going to be completely shocked. And they're going to have – a lot of people are just going to have a paradigm shift they're not going to know how to deal with. Hey, John, I hate to do this, but we've run out of time for tonight. I'd love to have you back on so we can continue this conversation. But until then, I want to congratulate you on the great work you've done over the years, your new, uh, your new articles, your new books. And thank you so much for coming back on the show. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. And once again, thank you for your service to your country. Thank you. You take care, John. www.aliensinthebible.com. My guest has been John Millar. And uh, I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. <laughs> 